Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, episode 528. This is the weekly show about slow flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This show is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free online directory to more than 880 florists, shops, and studios who design with local, seasonal, and sustainable flowers, and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor for 2021, Farm Row Flowers. Farm Row Flowers delivers iconic burlap wrap bouquets and lush, abundant arrangements to customers across the U.S., supporting more than 20 U.S. flower farms by purchasing more than $9 million of U.S.-grown fresh and seasonal flowers and foliage annually. Discover more at farmgrowflowers.com. Our next sponsor thanks goes to the Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers. Formed in 1988, ASCFG was created to educate, unite, and support commercial cut flower growers. Its mission is to help growers produce high-quality floral material and to foster and promote the local availability of that product. Learn more at ASCFG.org. Thanks so much for joining us today. October is our celebration of our Slow Flowers members. And one of my goals this month is to showcase and thank as many of our premium level members as possible, our top supporters. Today we're visiting Eileen Tongson of Farm Gal Flowers, coming to us from Orlando, Florida. As a farmer florist, Eileen has experimented with a number of channels to market the flowers she grows. But she's honed in on two key portions of her business, teaching workshops and designing for events. When I asked her to join me during Membership Appreciation Month, Eileen suggested sharing a design demonstration during our interview. You'll enjoy meeting Eileen and learning about her robust workshop schedule, offered all year long, season by season, to satisfy customers eager for ways to connect with locally grown flowers and to learn more about gardening. Eileen and I recorded this conversation and demo last week, and I know hearing it and watching the video will get you thinking about harvest and holiday workshops that you can offer. Here's a bit more about Eileen before we get started, excerpted from her website. For as long as she can remember, Eileen has truly loved gardening. Her parents were avid gardeners, and the family spent countless hours outdoors cultivating vegetables, fruit, and of course, flowers. They taught Eileen to appreciate nature and all that it provides, and she is so thankful to them for the early introduction to what has become a lifelong passion. After all these years, she's still just as inspired by the natural beauty and cultivation of flowers. Eileen considers herself a city dweller turned homegrown farm gal. Life has taken her to the West Coast and back, but her heart and her home have always been in the Sunshine State and the beautiful city of Orlando. It is where she has raised her family and now with great enthusiasm, where she gets to share her love for flower farming and floral design with her community. Eileen has studied floral design at numerous locations, including Florette Flower Farm, the City College of San Francisco, and Flower School New York. She also completed the University of Florida Master Gardener Program in 2009. 
She continues to expand and refine her skills regularly through floral design and flower farming workshops across the country as a member of the Slow Flower Society and the Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers. Eileen's flowers and gardening expertise have been featured in Florist Review, Edible Orlando, House.com, TravelChannel.com, The Monarch Initiative, Ocala Magazine, Orange Appeal Magazine, Team Flower, Glam.com, and most recently in my two books, Slow Flowers Journal, Volume 1, and Where We Bloom. She also was included in Florette Farms' book, Small Plot, Big Impact. Farm Yo Flowers was also named Best Florist in Best of Winter Park 2019, and her clients have included the Ford Motor Company, Williams-Sonoma Winter Park, the Orlando Magic, the Orlando Museum of Art, the Grove Winter Park, and Salada Winter Park. Eileen believes in locally and sustainably grown seasonal flowers that support and beautify her community. And if she's successful in creating a delightful bouquet or arrangement of freshly cut beauties for clients and local friends, then that makes her happy. A happy homegrown farm gal. So you'll want to visit today's show notes for episode 528 at deborahprinzing.com to watch my interview and to see Eileen's beautiful demonstration. Let's jump right in and get started. I know you'll enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. Uh, thanks for joining the Slow Flowers Show. And um, I'm Deborah Prinzing, the host and also the founder of Slow Flower Society. And I'm so thrilled today to introduce my guest, Eileen Tongson. Hi, Eileen. Hi. Welcome to Orlando. <laughs> I know. Eileen is the um, the owner, farmer, farmer florist of Farm Gale Flowers in Orlando, as, I, as she said. So I'm in the Pacific Northwest, you're in the Southeast, we couldn't be farther apart. I'm wearing a turtleneck, you're in this like cute cotton dress. I know, I'm like starting to sweat already, it's midday here, but it's all good, I'm used to it. Actually, I'm glad you moved under that overhang because you would have been baking out of the garden. Um, well, in, in honor of member, Membership Appreciation Month for Slow Flowers, we're really trying to shine a light on some of our most established, uh, invested, supportive members and premium level members. And Eileen has been involved in Slow Flowers for so long. And um, before we go into the conversation, I have to give you a little shout out. Some of you might remember this beautiful <laughs> book we did uh, last year in 2020. Uh, called Slow Flowers Journal. And if you recognize this beautiful fern uh, <laughs> gown and headpiece, this is Eileen's creation, all Florida grown, and your adorable daughter, Isabel. Um, that was in 2019, I think, that you produced it, right? Or it, it seems like it was yesterday, but I guess, yeah, a couple of years have gone by. <laughs> well, it's great because I see you're using Florida-grown uh, foliage and ferns because of that connection um, in a lot yes. of your projects. Yes, so. I do. I, I mean, I, I, I really try to promote other local growers because people still think, you know, you can't grow flowers in Florida, but we have this amazing industry of uh, foliage and actually succulents too, which I'm going to talk a little bit about today. So I'd love to share all that information about Florida grown products. That's great. I'm so glad. <laughs> so Eileen, if for people who maybe haven't met you before, give us a snapshot of Farm Girl Flowers and all your kind of facets of your business. Sure, sure. So um, as Deborah said earlier, I'm a farmer florist. Um, we grow almost all of the flowers um, that we use um, for our design work. 
Um, if occasionally we have to source from other um, other flower farms um, here in the U.S., but we primarily grow all of the flowers we use. Um, we mainly use our flowers for our events and parties um, and for our workshops. Those are our two main um, services that we offer. Um, and our workshops are very popular. We're starting to roll into the holiday season, which um, I, I get very busy during this time of year. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's a little bit about us. <laughs> I love it. Well, I've got lots of questions, but since you've got some show and tell, I think we should jump right oh, yeah. in. Um, we are in, um, you know, almost to mid-October, and I'm sure that the the holiday season um, sort of harvest and and later in December activities are are ramping up for everybody. But um, how do you structure your workshops, and and like how many do you have a year, and how do you pull it all together? Our workshops, as I, said, I think I said this earlier, they're very popular um, for Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas. Um, so it's a really busy time for us. Um, I teach at a couple of locations here in Orlando. Um, today I'm at the Edible Education Experience. Um, we have some classes lined up here. I also teach at East End Market, which is where I grow flowers as well, um, and at our local botanical garden, which is called Lou Gardens. <laughs> you're, you're in demand. And we're going to talk about your own garden at, uh, before we wrap up, because I know you've got long-term plans for that. Um, yes, so what yes. what is that gorgeous little um, basket that you've got on the stand? Tell yes, what, what, so, what workshop is this? <laughs> So I've recently, uh, people have been coming up to me, when are you doing the uh, Thanksgiving cornucopia? <laughs> so I thought I'd give you guys a sneak peek at this really fun project um, that highlights um, local, locally grown um, um, foliage and flowers. Um, and it's pretty easy to do at home. Um, so um, I thought I'd give you, a, give you a short lesson on that. Yeah. Um, so when, when people come to the workshop, you have everything sort of set at, at every place where they've got, they don't have to, they just show up. They don't need tools or anything. Right. Um, most of our workshops are all inclusive. Um, I do have one workshop, the succulent pumpkins, where um, I do ask the student to bring their own pumpkin because um, I learned quickly carrying 30 pumpkins is very difficult. <laughs> so uh, that is the one class they have to bring something to. But um, yes, for most of my classes, they're all inclusive. Um, like for this one, I um, provide the cornucopia, which I get from the wholesaler, and um, the, um, the little pumpkins are, are easy to transport, so that's okay. <laughs> and the succulents um, are from, we have a lot of local, um, not a lot, but several uh, local succulent nurseries nearby that I work with. Um, a lot of people don't know that a lot of these, these succulents uh, that are getting shipped out across the country are from the central Florida area. Um, the straw flower I grew, um, I dry those um, um, in the off season and um, we use them for lots of projects, you know, especially in the fall and um, just some pine cones, you know, that we've picked up along the way. Um, you do need some floral snips. Um, I like to use some, um, uh, they call this cold glue um, mm -hmm. for this project. And then you also just need some um, some moss. And I, yep, that's pretty much all the elements. And um, should I go ahead and start building I'd for you? Yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd love to see it. So when you said the baskets at the wholesaler, like a regular floral wholesaler would carry yes. an assortment of baskets. And this one is kind of harvest cornucopia shaped. 
Yes. Um, and I've all, if I've also seen them, you know, at your local craft stores too. Okay. okay. So I love this cornucopia idea. I think it applies anywhere from like October through the end of November. So you've got a lot of use of it. How do you, um, how do you put it together when you're actually in the workshop? So first we start off with, um, a layer of moss, which I've stuffed, um, the cornucopia with. And then I've added a layer um, to the bed. There is a little plastic liner inside. So this creates um, a nice layer of, for um, our, elements to, our elements to sit in. Um, I always like to start with the big, biggest elements first. And I also like to work in um, odd numbers, which is kind of a design, um, you know, a common design theory. So, of course, we have to add a pumpkin so are you getting are you getting these mini pumpkins from like one of the one of your uh, farms and growing? Yeah, partners? I try to get them from the farmers markets that are around. Yeah, and then um, I like to find a nice um, a nice big succulent to put in here. This one still has a stem on it, which will make it easy to place, you know, into the moss. So I don't necessarily have to glue this one in. Can you bring it up to the camera just to show real quickly what it looks sure. like? Sure. It's a nice, um, pretty rosette. Oh, lovely. So you've taken, yeah. you've taken it out of the pot and removed all of the soil. Yeah. I just cut this out and, um, some, t and don't worry about this, this plant, um, this succulent can still be reused um, when you're done with your cornucopia. These can easily be transplanted and they will grow. We're not killing, I wanna make sure we all know we're not killing this plant, you know, by adding it to the cornucopia. We're just borrowing it, bringing it inside, enjoying it for the season. Um, but then I usually, um, my students and I will usually replant these into a pot. I give them instruction on that actually as part of the workshop. Or they drop them off on my doorstep and I replant them. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I love it. I do like to place these out front um, because people love love to see them. They're kind of like these. This is these are like your focal flowers in mm -hmm. this arrangement. Mm -hmm. um, and then I have a little gourd here that um, I'll probably put. I place it right here. Now that one is moving a little bit, so I'm going to add a little a little glue to that to keep it in place. Yeah, that's really amazing. It really doesn't take a lot of gardening skills for someone to come to this workshop. They they pretty much get the yeah, I mean, get the idea um, when I, they watch this. I do kind of, um, I do tell my students to kind of think of it as creating like your own little miniature garden, you know, in this cornucopia. So um, that's, that seems to help them uh, kind of plan it out. Mm -hmm. um, I am also going to, I like to have a little, uh, a, I like to have a, a variety of elements, um, you know, in these cornucopias. So I am going to add this um, pine cone as well, maybe in the back here. And from here, what I do, I like to do is um, add um, the smaller elements and tuck them into these um, green spots that you can see. So um, as I mentioned earlier, I do, I do cut the succulents out of here, but no worries. Um, they are, they're not, we're not killing them. We're gonna still, um, we're, we're, we're using them for this centerpiece, but then I repot them later and they, they still take off and they do very well. 
Um, I was lucky because this little pot had um, three three succulents in it. So, three little three little friends all in one pot, right, right? Right, and I like to cluster them together like this. I feel like they make a statement um, in their little cluster of three. And are you and attaching just, to the to the mini pumpkin or to the to the moss? Oh, I'm oh, yes. They're, I'm gluing them right into the moss. Wow, that's and great. And this this cold glue does not affect the succulents at all. It doesn't. Um, it doesn't kill them. They're, they're fine. They will still grow with them. Um, and again, I have another little two inch pot of succulents, um, that has three in it. I do find with these taller succulents, sometimes if you take some of the bottom, um, petals off, um, it's, they'll stand up a bit easier in your cornucopia arrangement. So for this one, I'm going to spread it out a little in another location. You do so many amazing things with succulents. It's sort of your signature uh, design, uh, one of your signature plants that you're using with Farm Gal Flowers. I, I love the, the holiday tree that you do. People go crazy over oh. that. Yes, that one was, <laughs> let's not talk about that yet because people will start <laughs> oh. to, um, it's, 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 it's very cute. Yes. Thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think it was one of those trending images on Instagram when you posted it and then we reposted it. Okay. We'll stick with the pumpkin and the cornucopia because we're still in October. I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, Eileen, can you talk a little bit while you're designing, um, Yes. How do you price this? How, how do you price this workshop? And who who are your customers for these workshops? Oh my gosh, the mar it has a very broad market. If I market this as a girls' night out, like a Thursday night girls' night out, it is like it sells out like so quickly. Um, however, I on this on Saturday mornings, I'll have grandmothers come in with their grand, you know, with one of their grandchildren, and they work on it together. So these, these projects really appeal to um, a variety of, of ages. And, um, you know, I've even been asked, why don't, you know, can you do, can you do a date night? I haven't mm -hmm. done that yet, but um, that, that's, that's another idea for this. I just think that workshops continue to surprise us. We think that they're like run their course and then a new crop of, of, fans discover you and <laughs> and want to know what you have next it's a good way to engage with um people who don't realize that local flowers exist in your in your community yes um i just want to mention right here this is kind of like a um, trailing succulent um and for this um for the cornucopias i love to like kind of the trailing trailing succulents are great because they kind of lead out you know onto the table you could make these longer if you wanted. Um, let's see. I'm going to start adding some um, straw, some of our straw flower into this um, cornucopia, and that'll help bring out some color and highlight the orange pumpkin. One thing I want to mention about at this point for this project is, you know, this is a very forgiving project. Like I almost put this straw flower here, which I quickly realized that is not a good spot because it'll look like two eyes looking out at you. But you can easily just, you know, you know, take this, 
and move it, you know, move it. It's not, nothing's mm-hmm. permanent here. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons this type of project and our other succulent workshop appeals to people because you can start if you don't like it, you can, you know, rearrange it. It's easy, you know, it's easy to do. Right. And even that, that even that, glue, even that glue can kind of be peeled off of a pumpkin if you decide, oh, I don't want the flower there. Yes, that's, that is very true. <laughs> Um, this, I don't know if you, I, I, I do share a lot of tips with my uh, students about this cold glue because, um, have you worked with this before, Deborah? The cold yes. glue? It's a little bit, yeah. um, your fingers will be covered. Yeah. It's a little, <laughs> it's very liquidy. Um, and I tell them it's almost easier just to let it dry and peel it off your hands afterwards. But I think once after you've worked with it once, um, and you realize the consistency of it. Like, like I hardly, I hardly have any on me right now. Um, once you get the hang of it, then it's mm-hmm. easy. I actually, um, I have some dried gomfrena here from that we grew in the past. So I'm going to add like a couple of those on here and we are almost done with this project. You know, it's, it's, you, you know, you could, this is an, another project like where you could, you know, you can stop if you feel like, Later on, you feel like you need to add to it. You can still do that. It's very long-lasting. Um, I teach my students how to care for this um, during the workshop, what to do with it afterwards. Um, and I think they like. I think they like how, you know, they they can still grow the succulents afterwards too. Um, that they're just not like, you know, throwing away, throwing this away. They have, they have something that's going to last. Um, I agree. So that's there, wonderful. I mean, that was, that was a, that was a quick one. Um, I guess I'll bring it up close yeah, for you to see. Oh, that's um, charming. But oh, it's, it's just so abundant with all the yeah, it's colorful. Um, you could add as, as, as it gets closer to Thanksgiving, you know, you, you're, you could add, of course, fresh flowers to this. You could put the stem in one of those little, um, uh, what are the little picks that they, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. with water in it and mm-hmm. just slide that in here. If you wanted to do that, when those flowers are done, take them out and you can still, um, enjoy it, you know? Um, yeah. So that's it, our, it's wonderful. It, it represents so much value for the uh, student too, because they're, they are going to enjoy it for weeks. They are going to plant the succulents if they choose to, and uh, mm-hmm, they can save mm-hmm. the basket for next year and come back to one of your workshops and yes, <laughs> have a do over. You know, and that I'm glad you bring that up because you know we do try. You know, we do try to um, have you know sustainable practices within farm gal flowers, and I do encourage our students to bring back you know for this um, cornucopia next year, even their um, wreaths. The the um, wreath frames that Mm -hmm. we when we do um when we do christmas wreaths in december i encourage them to bring them back because i you know i hate to just throw throw things away so Mm. thank you for that (laughs) so so let's talk a little bit about you and your path can you share um your path to farm gal flowers because your business is about six or eight years old isn't it yeah, we're at seven. I actually just looked it up yesterday. <laughs> I, I thought yesterday. so. I, I remember when I remember when you first came on my radar. Yeah. Um, well, I had originally, you know, I've been a gardener, you know, most of my life. My parents were avid gardeners. Um, I'm not sure if I shared this story with you yet, Deborah, but I'll go ahead and tell it. Um, 
one fall, I guess, seven or eight years ago, um, I had our I, all my beds prepped for the vegetables. Um, and my mom gave me a packet of seeds that I think she um, um, that she got in the mail or in a magazine when they used to do that for free. Um, and, uh, she gave them to me cause we don't, she didn't throw anything away. <laughs> and I just kind of threw them in at one of the beds that was prepped and, um, um, planted and planted them. I didn't do a whole much and they just grew and grew and bloomed and bloomed. And it turned out they were a packet of zinnia seeds and, um, which, you know, in retrospect, that was very fortunate because their zinnias love heat. Um, and, they grew very well here without much um, help from me at that, you know, at that time. So um, I just became obsessed with flowers after that. And slowly the flowers took over our gardens and my husband was like, where's all the vegetables? <laughs> um, but I decided to learn more about specifically growing flowers um, in our zone. I'm in 9B, by the way. Um, and I went out um, to your area, to the Pacific Northwest, and I learned all about, you know, growing flowers. Um, around the same time, um, some acquaintances of mine were opening East End Market and putting a 3,000-square-foot market garden out front. And um, they asked me if I'd like to grow flowers there. And I didn't have any space, you know, at the time. So it was like the perfect opportunity to try this out. The... the um, these people were very into um, helping uh, young businesses grow as well. So it really was just the, you know, ideal circumstances. I just telling you the story, I'm reminding myself of how lucky I was, <laughs> how this all just kind of like, you know, um, uh, this all just happened to me. But you so were, you were willing to dive in. I mean, it, it wasn't like you had a business at the time, right? No, I was not. I just loved to grow flowers and vegetables and, <laughs> Um, uh, you know, so I started growing flowers at the market, people wanted to buy them, <laughs> um, some of the vendors in the market, you know, um, you know, were interested and, you know, used, and they also have a teaching space at Eason Market, so that's how I started rolling into teaching. Um, I love, my background is in teaching, so, like, I that's something I've always loved and then love even more, you know, teaching about gardening and flowers. Right. Um, so that's just how it all kind of came together. And um, I also love working with other businesses in my community that share, you know, like values um, like Easton market and the edible education experience and all these um, local nurseries Um so um, I'm fortunate that I have all this community around me um, that supported me and, um, you know, through the years. <laughs> so uh, would you, I know we described you as a farmer florist, but from a florist mm -hmm. point of view, you're a, you're a studio florist. And yes. I was sitting here, I just showed, you know, your um, botanical couture fern gown that you created for American Flowers Week that we published in Slow Flowers Journal. And I'm like, wait a minute, she's in my other book, too. <laughs> <laughs> so this book that came out earlier this year, Where We Bloom, yes, which is yes. all about floral spaces uh, for growers and designers, sort of where the magic happens. There's yes. a wonderful profile about uh, Eileen and her flowers. Aww. And those are, the, those are the dahlias we were talking about. But I really love, I love seeing how you make your studio space work in your home. And so yes. you're not, you don't have a retail space. You don't necessarily even... 
um, have a you pick or anything. So how do you integrate? Right, right. That's why you're partnering with these these other um, kind of green green venues, right? Because you're not necessarily open to the public. Right. I don't have my own classroom, um, and I'm fortunate in that these um, these uh, places I mentioned earlier um, have classroom space or garden space. I love to teach outside too, when you know when it's when it's feasible. Um, yeah, that they let me teach in these at these locations. Um, my thanks for showing my uh, studio space there. Um, I love it. It's like so <laughs> it's like living on a ship. You've got a little cubby for everything. <laughs> yes. Um, unfortunately, I have kind of outgrown that space. Um, and last year, you know, with everything going on in the world and I had more time, I thought, oh, this is the this is a great time to start thinking about the new bigger space, you know, um, that I've always, that I've, that I feel like we need. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we are moving towards that building a new, um, studio space for myself. It has taken a little bit more time than anticipated with, um, you know, delays and materials and things like that, but we're, but we are getting there now. And, um, yeah, I hope to share that with everyone in the future. <laughs> yeah, so tell me, you mentioned it to me that it was like a, a, a floral a floral studio. It's in your yes. garden, right? Yes. Wow, yes. you had room uh, for it. Yeah, we've got the walls up now. And um, yeah, my I have been teaching a lot more online now. And um, that studio space that you showed earlier is part of my home. And um it, you know, it's, it's okay for teaching online. Um, it's, I've learned, it's not a hundred percent ideal, um, with the lighting. And of course with, as I said, it's part of my house. So we have animals and, you know, children and <laughs> all these things and the doorbell ringing. And, um, so I'm uh, looking forward to having that new space, um, where I can really, you know, concentrate and focus on, I do a lot. I do, um, some small group online classes and you know I think it'll be um, a really nice setting wow. for those classes. Wow. You're you're giving us a little preview so I'm excited to see it. <laughs> uh, I promised you that we would do something about it when it when you get it um, complete that well maybe we'll have to be in the next studio floral book. Um, what is I'll it, keep what are you the, posted. <laughs> yeah what are the dimensions? Um I think it's 16 by 20. Wow. Um, But we did recently decide to add like a front porch area so I could um, teach outside there as well when um, uh, the weather, you know, when the weather's, the weather is nice here most of the year. It's just the summer that's a little brutal, but um, um, we decided to go ahead and add a little front porch space as well. And then what is your growing? uh, So is this adjacent now to where you're growing? Um, You must have about an acre then, right? Yes, at our, um, um, yes, that, that property has about three quarters of an acre. So we are, we're actually redoing all of the beds there. I did, had I known this process would take so long, um, the building process, I probably would not have, we took out a lot of the beds, um, already. Um, had I known, I probably wouldn't have done that, (laughs) Right. but that's okay. Uh, we and then we also grow at East End Market. Yeah, I was gonna say at least you have your your annex at East End Market, so you weren't yeah, without. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. So we your did time grow in a third. We did grow in a third location um, a couple of years ago, um, but it got you know as you as your business grows, you learn about you know it, it got a little bit hard going for me going to three different locations. Yeah. So um, 
Um, two has been more manageable for me, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's exciting. I mean, I think about you coming to this profession as an avid gardener. Um, you had no big master plan. You just sort of followed your curiosity to, to what you loved and the business kind of evolved from that, right? Right. Um, you know, in the beginning, the first, you know, couple of years, of course, you know, you, you say yes to everything when people want you to do this or do that, you know, and you say yes, um, which is, which is good. I thought it was a good experience because you learn like, um, what you're good at, what the market wants, um, what helps keep, what keeps the business afloat. So I did learn, you know, after a few years, um, as I mentioned earlier, like we, we have really scaled down our services to two primary avenues, you know, the workshops, um, and then doing flowers for events, um, and parties. Um, so I, le- I learned a lot, you know, the first couple of years, and now that's primarily what we focus on. Fortunately, those are like the two areas that I love. And, um, it's also, uh, what my market is really, you know, that's what they're seem to be most interested in. And it keeps me very busy, um, all year round. <laughs> That's really interesting, uh, that combination, because in the past you have done um, a CSA, haven't you? Um, not a CSA, okay. but we did sell, um, we did, you know, I've tried selling flowers to other florists. Um, I would sell, um, it wasn't really a CSA, more like a consignment, selling mm-hmm. um, bouquets on consignment at other local businesses. I've done that as well. Um, I tried doing farmers markets but it is really hot here um and i it 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 was tough you know the flowers wilt and you know so it's it's um, not easy to to keep them looking perky all day long yes yeah yes that 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 can be very that was very challenging so um so you know we've like yeah we've tried different you know i've tried different things and just you know worked out what works best for um the business and for me and you know i have a family too so yeah well Well, the work the work yeah the workshops are great because you kind of have this following of uh, as we talked earlier people wanting to come to your next know what's next or get on your calendar uh in a in a given year how many workshops are you are you offering um on on an average Average year, oh my gosh. Oh yeah, we're not gonna count last year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not count last year, cause that was, yeah. Oh my gosh, Deborah. Like um, once a month kind of thing? No, more than that, especially like during the holidays. Um, I don't know, maybe 20 to wow. 30. Yeah. Um, also, it just depends. I get private groups that reach mm-hmm. out to me. Mm-hmm. Um, we also do, we've done corporate grand openings, corporate team building, you know, um, there's, there's, a, there's, yeah, there's a lot of different organizations that like to have workshops, you know, and for their I love that. employees. Yeah. And also like you have this menu of, of projects and they can adapt to the, you know, the, the level of customer need, like you said, the team building, you're going to have a lot more, um, you know, more sophisticated curriculum than maybe just a, an after school thing for kids. I mean, it's just, it, it's wonderful yeah. that the project can adapt to the student. Yes. On my website, I have a, um, a page that says workshops and events, has my current workshops, but then also all the workshops I've taught in the past. 
So if a client contacts me, um, you know, I can refer them to, to that page and they can, um, you know, identify what, which type of project they're interested in. And they can see the ranges too from, you know, easy, you know, quick uh, projects like succulent bowls, you know, or all the way up to like a flower bar, you know, mm. and we do like a whole floral arranging wow. um, type workshop. Wow. So. <laughs> and then I want to ask you just uh, before we wrap up on because we yeah. just this just came up on our member meetup on uh, I guess Friday where uh, uh-huh. people were people were asking like how do you get corporate work um, mm-hmm. when you're doing events is it primarily for it's not weddings as much as other types of events right I mean that that's a, a niche that you've really built. Um, you're asking about the corporate events? Yeah, because you don't do what you, you're not really going after weddings, right? We do smaller weddings and, um, more like the farm to table style Mm -hmm. just because, um, we, we actually don't grow a lot of white flowers. (laughs) So, um, my flowers are all bold and bright colors. So they kind of have to be, that kind of has to be the look they're going for. It's not that I don't like white flowers. They attract the bugs here, they, the most bugs here. So that's part of it. Right. Um, but yeah, we, we do some, some weddings. They're usually smaller and more local okay. you know, to where we are. Um, and then as far as like corporate type workshops, um, they, you know, one or two reached out to me and then it kind of just picked up, snowballed from there. We worked with the Ford company, Orlando Magic. William Sonoma, Pottery Bar, and like it just, I don't know, I guess the word just kind of gets out. <laughs> well, I think that's right. I've seen you do some uh, of these um, co-presentations with uh, lifestyle retailers like Pottery yes. Bar and William Sonoma. Um, yeah. You're bringing beautiful flowers into their retail space. Why wouldn't they want you there? And Aww. it's sort of a customer perk. It's a good brand affiliation for you too, right? I mean, that's yeah. sort of an endorsement from them. Yeah, we were fortunate enough, actually, um, let's see, was this, this was just last year also to work with, um, surprise, for me, surprisingly, um, Chico's Clothing Company, um, but they were rolling out some lines of clothes that were um, uh, based, um, were themed on famous gardens around the world, and so they wanted to showcase flowers with that, and I never thought I'd be, like, wearing People would be sending me clothes to wear. (laughs) I um, saw that. That is so cool. Yeah, it all worked out. And um, I did some live demonstrations for them. Um, And yeah, I'm glad. It was a great experience um, (laughs) to work with like a a big national brand like that. But yeah, it's something I, I... I didn't think would happen for me. <laughs> well, so I this just came up when when we had a on the on the meetup last week. Um, Tony Reale from um, Roadside oh, yes. Blooms, who you know, yes, yes. was talking Tony. about some of the corporate uh, sort of ongoing corporate contracts she had for like weekly bouquets or customer appreciation. Oh, yeah. And it kept, yeah. we, we realized we should do a big roundup article on how farmer florists or and florists can work with corporate clients because it is lucrative. Mm-hmm. and it can be recurring income. So yes. um, I'm going to tap you for that article too because I think what you've just described is completely different than what she described. And, um, you know, I have a f- other few people in mind who can really, um, you know, it's so local. It's so focused on your community that you're not really, um, 
you're not really, you know, you have to be kind of creative to get to tap into those um, clients that are just sitting there looking for someone and you, they don't even know you're, you exist and they see your flowers and then they, the ideas come along. Yeah, oh, I'd love to be a part of that. I think probably one of my our stronger points, you know, related to the workshops is I really, tr- I really try to make our students feel like they can do this project, do it well, and then they have something that, you know, that they've accomplished and they take home with them and they're proud of. And so I really, you know, try to make that connection with them during the workshop. And um, I think that has made all the difference with them. (laughs) That's wonderful. Well, this has been so much fun, Uh, Eileen. I love visiting you virtually and seeing you're getting me in the um, harvest spirit with that project. (laughs) Um, When we, when we share this um as the podcast next week i might ask you for a few more photos of some of your workshops or or your projects uh so that people can find them in the show notes at deborahprinzing.com as well as finding your website your social media places and uh, making sure they follow you if they don't already um, uh, thank I just, you. <laughs> I, I just appreciate you so much. And you, when you said you say yes Likewise. to everything, when you say yes to everything, you almost always say yes to me. So I am very grateful. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> I'm grateful for your support. And um, and thank you so much for um, for letting us visit with you this morning. This has been beautiful. Thanks for having me. <laughs> okay. Take care, Eileen. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining me today. I'll be sure to share links to the two books that feature Farm Gal and Eileen's work, which I mentioned, and maybe a photo or two of the gorgeous fern gown she created for the American Flower Suite collection in 2019. You can find those at deborahprinzing.com for episode 528. You'll love the inspiration. Participating in our promotional and PR campaigns like American Flower Suite is one opportunity that Slow Flower Society members enjoy exclusively. As I reminded you last week, we're in the midst of October's Member Appreciation Month, and I'm so pleased at all the great content we've been able to share with our community of members. If you aren't a member yet, and why haven't you joined, it's the perfect time to step up and commit. This month, all new members will receive our special Member Benefits Booklet with coupons, discounts, and other perks from eight of our partners and sponsors, and that savings will more than cover your annual membership investment. All new members also receive our Slow Flower Society Collector's Pin, Made in the USA, which features our teal and lime green logo. Plus, if you upgrade to or join at the premium level, you'll also receive the video bundle of all our Slow Flowers Summit 2022 speaker videos valued at $129. Links to all these details can be found in today's show notes at deborahprincing.com for episode 528. Or just head over to slowflowersociety.com and hit the Become a Member button. Our next sponsor thank you goes to Red Twig Farms. Based in Johnstown, Ohio, Red Twig Farms is a family-owned farm specializing in peonies, daffodils, tulips, and branches. A popular peony bouquet by mail program and their Spread the Hope campaign where customers purchase 10 tulip stems for essential workers and others in their community. Learn more at redtwigfarms.com. Before we wrap up, I have a special treat to share, also timed to coincide with Member Appreciation Month. 
Yesterday, we unveiled the new Slow Flowers video. I'm so thrilled to share it with you. This video was created over the past several months with our favorite video talent, Elena Earhart of Elena Earhart Studio. In just a few minutes, you'll meet me in the Slow Flowers Cutting Garden, catch a glimpse of the fabulous gathering of members at Filoli Historic House and Garden when we had the recent Slow Flowers Summit, and join my visit to University of Washington Farm with member Riz Reyes of RHR Horticulture. Special thanks to the members who share their voices of endorsement and support in the video, including Sarah Reyes of Wildflower and Fern, Toby Nelson of Toby Nelson Events and Design, and Laura Gonzalez of Swallow's Secret Garden. You can watch this in today's show notes at deborahprinzing.com for episode 528, and you'll also see the video appear this week in our Slow Flower Society social media locations on Facebook and, and Instagram. Look closely. Do you see yourself here in our community? We're ready to welcome you as a member. Our final sponsor thanks goes to the Seattle Wholesale Growers Market, a farmer-owned cooperative committed to providing the very best the Pacific Northwest has to offer in cut flowers, foliage, and plants. The Growers Market's mission is to foster a vibrant marketplace that sustains local flower farms and provides top quality products and services to the local floral industry. Visit them at seattlewholesalegrowersmarket.com. Thanks so much for joining us today. The Slow Flowers podcast has been downloaded more than 776,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. As our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of our domestic cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. I value your support and invite you to show your thanks to support Slow Flowers on ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button in the column to the right at deborahprinzing.com. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of The Slow Flowers Show and podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more slow flowers on the table, one stem, one vase at a time. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor or other person, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers Podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. You can learn more about Andrew's work at soundbodymovement.com. Music.